Aggie Sports Network. From Learfield IMG College, this is the Aggie Coaches Show with Coach Craig Smith. Brought to you by Old Chicago Pizza and Taproom, Cash Valley's Pizza and Craft Beer Authority, Macy's, Happy Shopping, Guild Mortgage, Own What Matters, and by Locker 42, your source for Aggie apparel. Live from Old Chicago Pizza and Taproom, here's the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerard. Welcome on in. You're listening to the Craig Smith Coaches Show right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. A lot to recap, a lot to preview as well. A huge week of Utah State basketball coming up. And let's uh, set the table for you. Coming up on Wednesday, Utah State, it's, hey, let's be honest here, it's a revenge week for Utah State uh, as they have an opportunity to revenge, get uh, revenge on a couple of uh, early season losses. UNLV will come into town. That game will be on Wednesday. And then on Saturday, it will be Boise State. And that Boise State's game going to have a lot of juice to it too because it's a throwback game. And uh, just talking to Kyle Cottom, if – and this is, you know, look, we don't want to look ahead too much here, but – uh, Sam Merrill has a chance to surpass 2,000 career points exactly 55 years to the day that Wayne Estes surpassed uh, 2,000 career points. And uh, that happened on February 8, 1965. So it could be a really, really fascinating night if Sam is able to hit that, uh, hit that plateau on that night. So those are the kind of games you've got coming up this week. It is a huge stretch as Utah State coming off a disappointing loss to San Diego State. That Aztec team certainly is for real, and we saw up close how good that team is, especially in the second half. Utah State had an eight-point lead at halftime, pushed that lead up to 10 before San Diego State was able to come from behind, and uh, thanks to Matt Mitchell and and a couple others, find a way to come back and get that W. So with, uh, with Utah State now looking at an opportunity to climb back in the standings, this is the kind of week where they're certainly going to need your help. Go to utahstateaggies.com and get your tickets and enjoy what should be a really fun set of games coming up this week. These next three games are absolutely critical for Utah State. Uh, coach can't look too far ahead, but we get the – uh, we get the luxury of doing just that as you've got, obviously, the big one coming up on Wednesday against UNLV, then on Saturday against Boise State, and then next week going on the road to playing Colorado State. Colorado State is continuing to play with a lot of momentum after uh, they uh, they lost to Utah State last week. Uh, they've reeled off a couple W's in a row. So that kind of sets the scene for what we're looking at for Utah State going forward and a team that obviously has an opportunity to really kind of uh, – if you look at the standings in the Mountain West, it's really funny because you've got San Diego State obviously at the top, and then you've got about six teams with about four or five losses. And if you want to separate yourself from that group, you're going to have to string together a bunch of wins, and uh, that this team is uh, certainly poised and certainly capable of doing just that. Uh, as we revisit that San Diego State game, and a game that a bit of a gut punch, as we talked about with Utah State leading uh, by eight points at halftime, and there was a moment there at the end of the first half where uh, San Diego State was able to claw back into it a little bit, and it looks like uh, you've got an opportunity to uh, – you saw San Diego State starting to come back in this thing, and then – all of a sudden, Utah State gets a three from Sam Merrill, pushes that lead back to eight, gets some free throws early in the second half, push the lead back up to ten, and then you saw how good San Diego State really is because Utah State had done such a really good, a, a tremendous job against Yanni Wetzel, against Malachi Flynn, who erupted for ten points in the early parts of that game, and then Utah State was able to reel him back in. Sam was tremendous defensively against him through good stretches of the game. 
And then, uh, of course, uh, K.J. Fagan. So those are three really key players. They're transfer players that have meant so much to their team this year. And uh, Utah State, for all intents and purposes, had taken those three out of the game. Well, this is why San Diego State's really, really good. They still have more players, and Matt Mitchell was that fourth player and obviously had a good game here in Logan and had a tremendous night. He had six points at halftime, ended up with 28 points in the game. So he erupts for 22 points in the second half and uh, and really was kind of the difference in that ball game. And if you look at the stats, if you want to take a little step closer and really look at the stats, we've talked about in the pregame show where three-point shooting has been really one of the keys for San Diego State. Utah State shot the three ball really well, but if you look a little bit deeper in the stats, Utah State and San Diego State both made the same amount of field goals. Their turnovers are about equal. Uh, rebounding was a slight edge to San Diego State. But the difference in the game, San Diego State made had nine more made free throws in that game, and they made three more three-pointers than Utah State. And that's about the difference. These teams are really, really, really close to each other. And uh, I get a vibe that, and I talked to Sam Merrill about this in the post-game show, you get a vibe that Utah State would love nothing more than a uh, another showdown with San Diego State coming up in Vegas here in about a month or so. As you look at UNLV, they're the top two rebounding teams in the Mountain West. Utah State, number one in rebounding at 40.5 rebounds per game, where UNLV just a close second at 39 rebounds per game. But the one thing that really separates UNLV, uh, they lead the Mountain West Conference in offensive rebounds per game, and Utah State leads the Mountain West in defensive rebounding per game. UNLV gets a lot, a lot of second-chance opportunities. We saw that in that game in Vegas, where the Aggies certainly have to mind their P's and Q's on that rebounding front. And as we talked about the rebounding margins, Utah State, UNLV, the top two rebounding margin teams in the Mountain West Conference. Utah State out-rebounds its opponents by about 8.3 boards per game. UNLV out-rebounds opponents by about 8.1 boards per game. So that's where we're looking at right now for Utah State as you head to that game coming up on Wednesday. Keep an eye on the rebounds. That's going to be a key stat going forward. Utah State, not only just a great team in the Mountain West in rebounding, they're third in the country in total rebounds with 973. Uh, they're also ranked fifth in the amount of free throws made at 398. And this is another interesting number, too, total assists. Utah State has dished out the seventh most assists in the country with uh, 398. Another number that I think is really fascinating when it comes to Utah State, and this is a stat that I've, I've talked to uh, coaches in the past. Uh, a lot of people here probably remember Tom Nasalki. I think he helped out on uh, Utah State broadcast, but he was a longtime uh, ABA coach and then uh, was, a, was the coach of the Utah Jazz when the Jazz came here to Salt Lake City. Uh, he, had an inter- he would always tell me time and time again, look at the assist-to-made field goal ratio. That's the number you want to look at, how many assists – to your made field goals. And right now, Utah State assists on 67% of their made field goals. That is 16th in the country on your assist-to-made field goal ratio, which is a tremendous number for this Aggie basketball team. As uh, we are live here at Old Chicago, we'd love for you to come by and uh, hang out with us. Our buddy Curran's hanging out with us once again. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Can everybody hear me in here? Yeah, they got you. They got you. Weather weather may have dampened things a little bit, but uh, we got a lot of Aggie fans fired up and ready for what should be a really fun week. Uh, I know practice went a little long up there because obviously this is a huge week of uh, games coming up here for Utah State. Yeah, absolutely, and they're both at home. So, you know, we're back at home. We're looking forward to playing in front of our home crowd again. You know, they bring us all the juice. So I just want to make sure everyone can hear me, though, because I know when I was here a couple weeks ago, 
Steve went and I could barely hear him. And then coach came on and I was like, whoa, I can hear coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Uh, everybody can hear coach. Yep. In fact, his mic wasn't even turned on and everybody heard him. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your thoughts on uh, what you saw in that San Diego State game. And uh, because, you know, I, I went through some of the numbers. You had the same amount of made field goals as San Diego State in that game. Uh, and you guys shot the three ball really well. I know that's been a, a, a bit of a, a, some struggles this year. Uh, but uh, you guys shot the three ball. But they hit some big threes there in the second half. And that, and then, you know, a little bit of uh, they, they made some more free throws. But other than that, these two teams are really, really even. Yeah, and say, get, you got to give credit to San Diego State because they made plays towards the end. And, uh, you know, it was really good to see Brock hit a couple threes, Abel hit a three. Um, you know, we finally got back to shooting the way that we did at the beginning yeah. of the season. And it was just good to see the ball go through the hoop for those guys. Well, and the other, team, other thing, too, that I thought was really interesting is the fact that guys are shooting threes in rhythm. You know, when, when Nimi got a ton of opportunities in the first half and the offense is going through him, everybody's got to collapse on him. That gives guys not only open looks, but looks in rhythm. Oh, exactly. And when the ball goes inside, the defense has to collapse in on Nimi, which opens up Sam and Brock and Abel. So, you know, we just got to keep feeding the ball to Nimi, and nine times out of ten, he's going to make the right pass outside. Now, again, Curran Walsh, kind enough to join us right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Uh, you know, for those that aren't aware of you and your backstory, tell us a little bit about you, about your story and, and how you ended up here at Utah State. Yeah, okay. Um, well, I'm originally from Illinois. Uh, in the past two seasons, I was at Loyola Marymount uh, out in Los Angeles. Um, so not too, co- not too familiar with, with Utah. Growing up in Illinois, you don't hear much about Utah. Yeah. And uh, – I did know about BYU because they were in our same conference in the West Coast Conference when I was at LMU. Um, but my my story, how I got here, uh, I met Coach Smith a couple Final Fours ago, and you know we just got talking, and I really liked him. He really liked me. He's he's not a hard guy to talk to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you talk to him for five minutes, you think you know him your your entire life, you know. So um, just kind of built a connection through him that way, and then when there was an opening. Here, you know, we got in talks a little bit, and, and it worked out, and I'm I'm pleased to be here. So t- talk us through a day in the life of you. Like, wh- what are you responsible <laughs> for? Because this this is funny, and I, I've talked about this before with with uh, kind of the support group. You know, there's sometimes where, you know, we get on the plane, and one of you guys is like, I got my job taken care of. And then we get <laughs> off the plane, and somebody else is sweating bullets. Like, is the bus here? Or we, you know, you guys you guys divvy up a lot of those duties. Yeah, yeah, and, and you can never take a moment off because yeah. just when you think you got things rolling, you know, you, right when you trust the bus guide a little too much, he might be five minutes late. And, you know, five minutes late, then you're five minutes late to practice, and it just throws off the whole day. So, yeah, me, Steve, and Brandon, um, those guys have been amazing to work with. They make my life a lot easier. Um, and we just kind of split up the duties between the hotels, the yeah. flights, um, meals, you know, all the important stuff. You know, I, I think – and I don't know if anybody appreciates how much work one road trip takes <laughs> – like, I mean, these guys, you need to make sure that there's breakfast everywhere you go, that there's meals, that there's, uh, you know, that everybody's got a room, uh, that the key cards work. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a monumental effort. Yeah. And if you mess up one thing, the players will let you know about it. <laughs> if, they, if, they, <laughs> if they get in their room and their Wi-Fi code doesn't work, you'll hear about it in about 12 seconds. So, you know, we like to keep things smooth so, and just so we can take the pressure off the coaching staff. Yeah. One less thing for them to worry about and – you know, we want to be dependable to the coaching staff and to our players. And, yeah, it always feels good when you get home from a road trip and you can kind of put the check checks to that one. <laughs> no no catastrophes. Yeah. Everything worked yeah, exactly. the way it was supposed to. Uh, what about game day? What, what's that like for you? 
game day. So for me, I have tickets, which is like an all-day process because, yeah. um, you know, throughout the whole day people are, are hitting you. Hey, do we still have any leftover tickets? Hey, this co- you know, can we get tickets for this guy? You know, the teacher's calling you. Um, and then the pregame meal, Brandon Ubell does a great job with that. And then we'll have practice, obviously. And, and then the whole time while you're doing all that stuff, you're still just, like, super excited because you just yeah. can't wait to get to tip off. And this year, a lot of our games are really late, so it makes for some long days where you're just really anticipating the tip. What's that like, though, uh, kind of sitting around, like, the 9 o'clock game, like, let's say the Air Force game or some of these other 9 o'clock games when you're on the road. Some guys are in their hotel room, and I know Coach is like, I don't want you just lying around all day. I need you up and about. I mean, yeah. But, it, but it's got to be hard because sometimes – Frankly, it's kind of boring sometimes. Yeah, and and there's only so much you can really do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, with stuff like that, we like to push our breakfast back a little bit, let them sleep in, um, maybe our, move our practice time back a little bit more than normal, and then maybe after practice between then and when we leave for the game, we might throw a stretch in there, a 15-minute stretch yeah. or, you know, just something to break up the day a little bit so they're just not laying in bed all day. Curran Walsh, kind enough to join us as we continue to get you ready for a big week of Utah State basketball. One thing, too, and I think I've shared this story, uh, it was one of the flights we were chartering, and and uh, it's after the game, and, you know, I got my phone up, and I'm watching something on Netflix or something, and I look, and I see, like, the five rows next to me, and everybody's got a laptop open, and everybody's <laughs> breaking down film, and, and it's just, like, it never ends. Like, you think the game's over and the job's over. You're cutting up film. You're cutting up, you know, uh, specific individual situations so that the coach can coaches can all digest it. Yeah, absolutely. It never ends. Uh, you know, it's always funny when we get on a plane, we take off and everything's good, and then you hear the ding, 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 where you can get your laptops out. Yeah. All the coaches get up, grab their laptop, open it up. Yeah, because um, the coaches are getting prepared to show the players that next morning the film from the game, and, you know, sometimes 9 o'clock game, you're doing that at midnight. Yeah. Not getting home till three, so there's a small window. So yeah, it really never stops. All right. Current Walsh kind enough to join us. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Uh we expect to hear from Marco Anthony coming up a little bit later on. If not, we'll just talk to Kern for an hour. <laughs> uh you're listening to Aggie Basketball counting you down to big ones against UNLV and Boise State this week on the Aggie on the uh, Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Welcome on back. You're listening to the Aggie Basketball Network here from Learfield IMG College. Utah State with big games coming up this week as the Aggies will get UNLV coming up on Wednesday and uh, Boise State on Saturday. A little bit of a revenge week for the Aggies with two teams that got Utah State on the road earlier. But both these games in the spectrum, go to utahstateaggies.com and uh, get your tickets and uh, check out what really should be a fun uh uh, a fun set of games. And then, uh, of course, next week, another big one on the road against uh, Colorado State. But let's focus in on a little bit on UNLV. Kern Walsh, kind enough to join us uh, from the staff at Utah State. And I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on UNLV, just an extremely athletic team. You know, I talked to some of their broadcasters kind of midway through the season before conference season really kicked off, and they, they, they weren't too high on their teams. And then all of a sudden, it just kind of clicked for them, and they've been off the races ever since. Yeah, they're a really athletic team that plays super hard and – uh you know, they have a new coaching staff down down there, so it, it's pretty um, – I don't know what the right word is, but they really bought into his system, and they, they're really rolling. They're, you can tell they're really playing hard, and uh, they and they have a hardy, really talented guard. Yeah. 
And then, you know, you also look at it from uh, from Utah State's perspective. You know, you went down there on uh, New Year's Day, and uh, and they jumped out on you too and and unable to really reel them back in. And i got to imagine that's got everybody's focus going into this game as well. Yeah, our players still have a sour taste in their mouth from that game. Um, it just never felt like we could get a rhythm going down there. Yeah. And they kind of they kind of jumped out and, like you said, punched us in the mouth early, and we were never really able to recover. Uh, you know, you look at their schedule, and they had uh, – obviously they started out really, really well in Mountain West play, but they've lost three in a row. Uh, but to three pretty good teams, Nevada obviously got them, San Diego State uh, got them, and then uh, Colorado State, who might be outside of San Diego State, the hottest team in the Mountain West Conference right now, they got them at home. Yeah, those or actually th- no, they got them in Vegas. Yeah, those three teams are playing really hot right no, now. No, no, it wasn't Colorado State. I'm sorry. And uh, you know, UNLV, the w- the way they play, very hard, just like those other teams. You know, you could see how they were going upwards after yeah. they pl- after they played us. That gave them a lot of confidence, and as you said, they rattled off a bunch of wins right then. But coming off of three losses, you know they're going to be coming into the spectrum hungry because they don't want to get four in a row. And they're probably feeling pretty confident, like, hey, we got these guys earlier. We played one of our better games of the year. Let's just go do it again. Exactly. And that's what's scary, but our guys, they have the fuel. You know, that's fuel for us, too, as well. You know, one thing I always ask, Coach, especially after kind of a disappointing loss, where's the team at right now? And uh, and more often than not, he said, he'll always say, you know what, these guys have responded well. This seems like a team that kind of handles those losses pretty well. Oh, yeah. And, you know, after a loss – there's not a lot of time to sulk. Yeah. You know, you reflect a little bit what we did right, what we did, what we could do better. But our next practice, like the practice that's going on, it's loud, it's lively. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't know coming in if we were coming in, if you walked into that practice, if we were coming in off a loss or off a win. You know, they, they, they flip really quick and yeah. get back in. Is that a leadership thing? I mean, does that come from Sam and, and some of the older guys on the team? Where, where does that come from? Yeah, it comes from Sam. You know, he's he's been through it all. So he's been through the conference. So you know, this is his fourth year. He's a senior, and he knows how big of a grind it is. And when you have guys like Sam and Abel and Da and Nimi who have all been there, um, yeah. it gives great examples to the young guys. And that that's the culture. That's the culture piece of it. And then, uh, but, you know, the, the other thing, and, and sometimes it can be a blessing, you know, you come off a loss, you don't have time to worry about it. Like, you're just like, all right, you know, whether it's a big win or big loss, you just got to put it to the side. All right, what can we learn from it? All right, this, this, and this. Okay, let's get ready for the next one. Exactly. And, and, and that's, what it, that's what it felt like it's been this year a lot because especially from those Saturday to Tuesday games, that's a quick turnaround because you're, you're already the very – once that game is ended – you know, you might watch a little bit of film on that one, but you're already getting for the next. You're already getting ready for the next opponent. Uh, what's it? What's it been like being around a team? I mean, you did it at Loyola, um, and you. So you've been in some locker rooms and you've seen some various makes up, makeup of teams. How is this team as far as a chemistry goes? And you don't have to name other teams that maybe not have had that same chemistry, mm-hmm. but it, it, where does this team kind of rank as far as teams that? get along and, 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 and enjoy each other's company? Oh, honestly, it's it's the best I've seen. Really? It's the best I've seen. And, and going back to the leadership thing, and I think it starts with that. And then the way we play, we move the ball, and, you know, it brings everybody else's spirits up. Yeah. So <laughs> the chemistry is great here. All the guys, they all get along in the locker room. It's fun. They're, they're awesome guys to be around. Um, 
they're very respectable young men. So that's that's what makes it fun. And sometimes that can be rare with teams. Oh, yeah, exactly. Especially, you know, you got 18 to 23, 24-year-old young men, yeah. and a lot of them are thinking about their future, and you know, which is which is okay, but they think I got to get mine. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, but that's the thing. Like, in fact, I was talking to coach about this on pregame before the San Diego State game. I asked him, is sometimes Nimi too unselfish? He's like, yeah. You know, sometimes I gotta be like, hey, look. Just dunk the ball. You don't, right. you don't have to kick it out for a three every time. Right, and he, and he's such a good passer, and he yeah. makes the right read almost every time. Sometimes you almost want him to, you know, take a bad not a bad shot because you know it shows that he's he's being the aggressor. And, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, and, and you know when you see him make a move to the rim, it's like okay, Nimi Nimi is aggressive tonight and not yeah. looking to distribute because you know they collapse so hard on him. The right play might be to throw it out, but we need Nimi to, to look for his, too. And and how difficult is that? I mean, obviously you want to run that offense through him, uh, but that puts a lot of responsibility on him, realizing that there's going to be a double team. Where's the double team coming from? What are they trying to take away? Can I still get a good look? Can I still get that, you know, five-foot, you know, he's got that, that kind of push shot, that hook shot that's mm-hmm. been going for him. Uh, can I spin to the rim or do I need to kick it out? I mean, that's a lot of responsibility for the big guy. Yeah, it is, and, and he's a special player. Um, and a very smart player too yeah. at that. So I mean, he he can handle it. He he handles it well. It was funny. I was watching him uh, after uh, I think he uh, got a rejection on Wetzel, and he just comes down. And he's just smiling like it's in the middle of the game, but he just in his mind is like, "Yeah, I got him." <laughs> yeah, and when Nimi can play with that confidence too. Yeah. And and you know, whenever he starts playing with the confidence, you know, he's gonna get rolling there. I, I thought he played really well against Wetzel too. That's that's a really good player. Oh, he's he he has. Just like Nimi, Wetzel has unbelievable feel. He makes the right play almost every time, too. So that matchup, is, yeah. that's a big-time matchup right there. And, and, you know, it's interesting, and you and I talked a little bit about this off the air with, with San Diego State. That team's just loaded with weapons. I mean, they, you know, you, you, t- you take Wetzel out. You take Flynn out after he got hot in the first mm-hmm. half. Uh, you know, Fagan got a little hot there at the end of the first half, but second half, you kind of took him away. And then it was Matt Mitchell, you know, who ends up getting you. You know, it's just that when you deal with a team of that kind of depth, it's really difficult. At yeah, times. they make you pay. And just, like you said, just when you think you're doing a good job on somebody, someone else is going to make you pay. So you really got to be locked in to personnel with that game. Um, and and Fagan, I saw him. He was at Santa Clara when I was at Loyola Marymount. Oh, yeah. So we were in the same conference. And that dude got it going on us a couple times. And so I know I know what kind of player he can be too. Wow, uh, Curran Walsh, kind enough to join us. You're listening to the uh, Craig Smith Coaches Show. Uh, practice went a little long, and so coach is going to try to sneak by here if he can't. That's all right. We'll continue to get you ready for uh, a big week of Utah State basketball. Uh, but what's the mindset of a team on a week like this? Do you guys do you guys talk about it more like this is a really big week, or do you try to keep it kind of one game at a time? Uh, one game at a time. I mean, our guy, our guys know. Yeah, everybody knows it's a big week. Um, so if we can just focus in, even one practice at a time or one day at a time, let's have a good practice today. Let's have a good practice tomorrow, and that's gonna, you know, that's gonna be our build up into having a great game. What's uh, what's it been like being a part of the spectrum and seeing this place up close <laughs> and in person? It's unbelievable. You know, uh, Coach Smith sent me videos of it before, like as I was accepting the job, and I was like, wow, that's unbelievable. And then so you see it on videos, but it, it doesn't do it justice whenever you can finally feel it in the in the spectrum. And, 
you know, my a couple of my family members have been out to see it, and they can't wait to come back just because it's it's that it's that type of environment that's you know once in a once a region. Like yeah. I don't I don't know what other arena in the area has that, and you know that's what makes this place so special is the sport. I mean, you were uh, you were in the West Coast, so obviously the kennel was always good, but it wasn't as big. I mean, it seats what about six thousand, sixty five hundred. Yeah, exactly. And um, they're even having troubles with that with that this year is where the crowd will start off good, and then by halftime they'll all clear out because yeah. you know they're winning. Well yeah, they're that, not, yeah. They're not a lot of close games in the West Coast for them. And then uh, you know St. Mary's is pretty good. Um, you know, obviously, uh, some of the other Pacific can be good, but it just doesn't have that same kind of – and not only just the Spectrum, but some of these other venues. I mean, where we were at, San Diego State was crazy loud. Yeah, San Diego State, besides uh, besides the Spectrum, is probably the, the best I've ever seen as far as me being on, you know, a part of the team. Uh, I've been to some other arenas, but as a spectator. Um, but San Diego State was unreal. I've heard a lot of crazy things about the pit. Yeah. Um, Boise was even pretty good. So that's what makes the Mountain West so special is not only is it a battle every night between the two teams, is there's a lot of support in the conference too. Yeah, no doubt about that. Take another break, come back. Uh, you ready to answer some questions? Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> this segment, uh, we'll, uh, we'll pass the mic around. he got a question for uh, Curran and uh, what makes this Utah State team go. Uh, he's the guy that makes the trains run on time. So you, got a ch- you get a chance to ask him questions. Ask him anything. Uh, we'll do that next. You're listening to the uh, Craig Smith Coaches Show on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Welcome on back. You're listening to the Craig Smith Coaches Show right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Setting the scene for you with games coming up this week. On Wednesday, Utah State will take on UNLV. And then on Saturday, another showdown against Boise State. Uh, remember, you can uh, catch those games. A few tickets are available. Go to utahstateaggies.com. But we need to fill that spectrum. Uh, these are two huge games for Utah State because, you know, and, and Curran Walsh kind enough to join us. If you look at the league standings, San Diego State's kind of distanced themselves, but then you've got a whole pack of teams with four and five losses in conference play that are going to be battling it out for a chance to uh, take a day off in the uh, Mountain West Conference Tournament. Yeah, right there in the middle, it's kind of a log jam, um, like you said, after San Diego State. But, you know, this week with UNLV and Boise and – Those are both teams with four losses. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know – this week, it, we, we've been calling it moving week. You're either going to progress forward or a lot of teams. There's going to be some separations after this week. If you're a golf fan, that's uh, usually uh, your uh, your Friday and Saturday at a golf tournament. So there you go. Current <laughs> uh, Walsh, kind enough to join us from the uh, from the staff at Utah State. If you got a question, raise your hand. We'd love to uh, we'd love to hear from you and uh, get your thoughts on the team and uh, and quiz our guy a little bit. All right, first question. Go ahead. I'm going to put you on the spot. This next game coming up, we're celebrating someone special, I've heard. What can you tell us about Wayne Estes? <laughs> well, <laughs> Wayne Estes, um, I work in his, his uh, you know, the, the, the building that's named after him. So I walk by the, the shrine, the memorial every single day. And, you know, probably probably once a month I turn on the little iPad and, um, watch his story again and you know it, it, he just had such a special career and 
and everything that you hear about him from the stories and stuff, it not only was he a special player, but he was a special human being. And uh, it's I like showing whenever people come to town and stuff. You know, that's one of the first things we show them, and they're it's a, it's a really sad story, but it's good to see that his legacy has lived in Cache Valley for so long, and you know, people like yourself are still appreciating him to this day and, and keeping his name alive. It's a good answer. You got put on the spot too. That's impressive. Uh, but here's the other thing, and we talked about this on the uh, uh, before you got here. Uh, Sam Merrill. So the game, the uh, the the Wayne Estes game will be on Saturday against Boise State. Uh, that is the uh, the same night, 55 years ago, that Wayne Estes surpassed 2,000 career points. You realize Sam Merrill's 41 points away from getting to 2,000. If he, if you know, he very well could get to 2,000 that same night. You know, on the same day, fifty-five years later, that Wayne Estes hit two thousand. Yeah, you know that that almost gives you chills. Yeah, and I don't even want to bring it up to Sam, but I it, mean, it's, it almost gives you chills just thinking about that. And you know, I look forward to Ajay's tweets every week. I see, I kind of he, <laughs> he kind of keeps me in the loop of where Sam's at. <laughs> we got another question. Go ahead. I, I, I'm curious to know uh, how much uh, Cam Barstow. Sean. Sean. See, I had you. Yeah. Um, how much more he will play, uh, not so much minutes, but it seems like he's a key ingredient on defense and a key ingredient uh, to come off the bench. Do you see him having more playing time? I don't know. Well, maybe the coach can answer that. Maybe he earned it in practice today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much I can answer about his playing time, but one thing Sean does when he comes onto the court is he plays with so much pace. Um you know, whenever he gets the ball, he is going downhill, and his length gives a lot of people's pro- a lot of people problems defensively. And he's such a smart um, player with high energy that he's a great spark to have off the bench. Good answer, good answer too. And, and you, you got a guy behind you who's enjoying this way too much. <laughs> All right, we'll take our final break, come back, and you're going to hear from the head coach of the Utah State Aggies, Craig Smith, straight ahead on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Great job. All right, welcome on back. It's the Craig Smith Coaches Show from Learfield IMG College, the head coach of the Utah State Aggies, Craig Smith. Kind enough to join us. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Hey, thanks to all you loyal fans that are out here on a beautiful evening tonight. Oh, the na- Aggie blue looking good. Put up with Kern for about a half an hour. Kern killed it. Man. Uh, Kern, Kern's a star. I could tell you a story about how I met the guy. Um, maybe I should really quick. He just said NCAA tournament is what he said. Yeah, but it was like at my agent's um, – uh, it was right after I got hired. It was like not even a week after I got hired, four days after I got hired. And my agent had a thing at the the Spurs were playing somebody, and he had a suite or whatever. I didn't I didn't spend five minutes in the suite. I was out making recruiting calls the whole time, and um, at the end my phone was going to incurrence like, hey coach, you need a charge, so he got a charger, and then um, and then he goes, hey, we got to go, and he tracks down an Uber. Long story short, the Uber drivers because it was a huge event had this protocol, and here's Curran, and he's just. He convinces the Uber driver to take this other path, and he goes, if I get caught, it's $400. And Curran's like, hey, let's just take the chance. You know, and, like, and I'm like, he talked him into it. We go to this other deal, 
and we were there for 20 minutes. And I was, Coach, we got to go to this other place. So we go to this other – and it was like a top AAU guy on the West Coast. So it was my first time meeting Ryan Silver, who with um, – uh, I won't say the the name of the team, um, but um, and so anyway, this guy just makes plays like he's a yeah like he's not a don't tell me the problem let's find the solution kind of guy, and that was the first night with him. He made a huge impression because he was just a go getter, and so um, so you know I just stayed in touch with him over the last year, and lo and behold, a year later we hire him on staff, and it's crazy how the world works, right? All because of. Him whisking us around in an I Uber. Love, I love it, man. That's that, that's a great story. So let's uh, let's revisit San Diego State. Uh, obviously, you look at the numbers and they were really even. You made the same amount of field goals as they did, um, uh, but they got to the free throw line a little bit more and then made a few more threes. I thought you guys shot the ball well. You took a lot of key players out of the game. It was Matt Mitchell who ended up being the difference there for San Diego State. Yeah, it was a great college basketball game in an unbelievable environment. It really felt like two NCAA tournament teams going at it. Um, uh, and they're really good, you know, and, and they got a lot of playmaking ability out of there, one, two, three, four, five, and off the bench. And um, uh, and they make you pay when you make some mistakes. But I, I thought our guys really competed. You know, we got down early, and it was insanely loud in there. I mean, it was like the spectrum, and obviously there was just a lot of juice with the Kawhi Leonard deal. And, and uh, But our guys responded every time and, and really weathered that early storm when it could have got away from us. Um, they got loose in transition a little bit, uh, you know, in hindsight, probably should have sent a few more guys back, um, uh, because they can just get it going that way. But, uh, and then we just had too many empty possessions late. They, yeah. they got some, they started feeling it, you know, bean falls down, just randomly kind of fell over a guy's leg. Mitchell makes the three and then he can get it going. He obviously had 24 and in that second half and we really had no answer. We were trying a lot of different guys on him, but he's a, ma- a mismatch problem. And then, and then the crowd really gets into it, and and it felt like they were just suffocating us. I thought we struggled a little bit with their pressure. Um, you know, I think we had three straight turnovers that led to direct points that way. Um, but, you know, I thought we got better from that game. We had a heck of a practice again today. And so, um, so we just got to continue to get better over the next four weeks. There's still a lot of time for us to accomplish what – I shouldn't say a lot of time because it is dwindling down. Um, but we have a lot of time to still get better and play our best basketball uh, down the stretch. Well, I wanted to talk about this week because it's such a critical week about considering, you know, you look at San Diego State in the standings and they've kind of separated themselves, but everybody else is kind of sitting there with four or five losses. You're playing at two teams with currently have four losses in conference play. You can certainly make up a lot of ground here really quickly. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. I mean, it's uh, we have two home games against two teams that we've lost to yeah. um, uh, on the road. And so we have a good feel for them. They have a good feel for us. But you're right. It's just a, a mumble-jumbled mess from two to seven, I think. And then eight, nine, ten, eleven are kind of in their own little – you know, fighting it out for those spots as of right now, but yeah. a lot can change. You win. It's amazing how you win. You can win two in a row and you just leap people, Yeah. you know, go leaps and bounds. And so it's a big week for us, but we can't think ahead that way. We got to take care of business at home and just play um, good basketball as the cliche goes. UNLV extremely athletic. And uh, we saw that athleticism in Vegas. How do you combat that level of athleticism? Yeah, it's a difficult matchup. You know, they really um, get after you, and we're going to have to have more poise. You know, against San Diego State, I believe we only had 10 turnovers. I don't have the stat. Maybe the stats are probably right here, but I think we had 10 turnovers. But it was one of those where it felt like, you know, all 10 of them 
led to direct points the other way. You yeah. know, it was a their points you know, off turnover really. Yeah, it just it really hurt us. Fonz has a layup, gets a kind of makes a left hand drive, kind of misses it, gets the rebound, and they come in and strip it. And they come down and score right back on us the other way. Uh, we're running one of our best plays two different times. Uh, it's it's a combination of. Nimi not setting his man up to get open at the elbow, but also um, Diogo just kind of a soft pass, and then Abel the other time kind of throws it, and Mitchell jumps us, and so we got to be able to avoid you know those catastrophic ones, and and that's what UNLV will do is they really get after you, and we had a hard time with their pressure. I think we had nine or eight assists at their place and fifteen turnovers, uh, and so certainly those numbers can't be the same, but. You know, I like to think we're playing a lot better than we were back then. That was um, probably one of the worst three games that we played, you know, in the last year and a half. Yeah. Um, Nimi didn't play that game, and so that certainly should make a difference. Um, so we got to get our minds right, you know, and have the right mindset. And uh, today was a good start in practice. They're, they are an elite-level offensive rebounding team. Uh, is it that they commit a lot of guys to it or, or – or uh, and, and if so, can you combat that by trying to go the other way a bit? Well, it's a little bit of everything. You know, they get 40% of their missed shots. So it's easy to, it's easy to say, oh, they average X number of rebounds. Yeah. Well, if you're a bad shooting team, you're gonna, you theoretically should get a lot more rebounds by the numbers. So we always look at percentages, and, and um, they're a little bit up and down shooting the ball. They're a little bit streaky that way. And so um, – but they're, they're, I think you hit it on the head. They play very hard, and they're very athletic. So generally, why is Bean such a good re- offensive rebounder? Well, um, he's instinctive, but he's always – he's very quick twitch, and he's a, he's a really good two-foot – he's got great two-footed pop. Like, he's standing on two feet, and he can just jump up and go get it quickly, right? Yeah. And so uh, they have a lot of those guys. So they'll put a lot of pressure on you. They also really drive the ball – and anytime you are a good driving team, um, if you struggle staying in front of the ball, you got to kind of rotate. You know, so now you're rotating a guy off of a guy, and then you just throw it up there, and you have a natural uh, offense rebounding lane. Yeah. Uh, in that la- in that game against uh, UNLV, Hamilton was ended up with 20 points in that game. Amari uh, Hardy though is just a load, and he had 14 points. And then and then John came in and had 10 points as well. I mean, they, you had three really key players that ended up having a nice night against you. Uh, but I got to imagine this team is wants to get him here in Logan and, and have a chance to go toe to toe with him again. Well, like I said after the game, and you know, a lot of times you do the post game radio st- show as a coach, and it's like anything when every you know, it's like any of you or any normal person when you're PO'd, it's easy to get emotion to get the best of you, and then you know, two days later, you're like, oh, why did I say that? You know what I mean? And but I didn't, but I generally I think do a pretty good and, and like yeah, I was. We were PO'd because yeah. we didn't play well. But, um, Lauren, I'll explain what that means later. <laughs> um, but but um, but I was factual. Like, we did get outcoached. Yeah. We did get out-hustled. We did get out-worked. We did get out-executed in every way, shape, and form. So, But Hamilton, he's only a sophomore. He's really come on. You know, in league play, he's averaging 22.8 points a game. He's a real mismatch issue. Like, he's 6'5", long, angular. He can make shots. And he makes a lot of tough shots. He's a really good offensive rebounder. A lot of you'll see this when he misses a shot. He's got this uncanny ability, a little bit like Bean, where he misses it and he knows exactly where he's going to miss it, and he just hunts it down, and then he gets like a layup. But he shoots the three. He's a lefty. Shoots the three 
excellent pull-up game. He's just uh, – and he plays super physical. So uh, he's a matchup issue. And Hardy is a guy who really kind of proven himself. Like yeah. he can really get it going in a lot of ways. And then Donnie Tillman's a guy who actually transferred from Utah and was – I believe he was the sixth man of the year in the Pac-12 last year at Utah. And he's a guy that can really score in bunches. He had three threes their last game out against Colorado State. So they got some guys that can put a lot of pressure on you. And then they have a grad transfer from Texas, um, who's obviously his senior, um, who broke his thumb earlier. He just started playing again. Um, he's, I think, against us now will be his third game. Um, his name is, um, he's number 55, uh, Mitro Long. Yeah. I believe is his and name. And I don't know so. if he's uh, – yeah, There's a, there was a jazz player that kind of floated around in the G League for a little bit with the same name. And I don't know if there's a relation there or not, but, yeah, it could but, be. but probably a good I'm family, sure. no doubt about it. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk to you, and going back and looking at the stats of that game, they held Sam to just six attempts in that game yeah. uh, where he was two for six. Um, what did they do to limit his ability to get a shot off? Well, they did a really, really good job. They uh, uh, there was a lot of things in play there, but namely they did a great job, and he uh, they did a good job of hard hedging all their ball screens, and you know their centers and uh, an elite athlete. Um, how do you say his name? Jung. Jung, and it starts with a D. So I'm not like the smartest guy in the world. So I, I had to ask their SID. Yeah. yeah so, um, but he's so athletic and moves incredibly well, and they did a good job of every ball screen just making him a passer. And, and then they did a good job of just face guarding and taking some things away, and we did a poorly job of executing some things and, and working to get him open. So certainly that will be an emphasis um, for us. So, um, um, And that's an issue when they're pressuring and denying and, and taking yeah. us out of an – we did a poor job getting the ball in an operating area where we're actually a threat to score, you know, and so um, – but I'm confident we'll do much better this time around. Uh, how, how big are these games at home as far as, as far as getting a home crowd? If there's a message you want to get out to the crowd that could be uh, there in the spectrum, what would it be? Well, it would be an exciting game. They're, they're a good team. Obviously, they, they had won, I think, six out of seven or something like that. Now they've struggled a little bit. Yeah. They've been on the road a little bit more. Um, played San Diego State to a four-point game. You know, they lost by four at home last uh, Sunday. Yeah. And so they're a very talented group. It should be a heck of a game. And obviously – you know, we've been very good at home over the last two years, and, and certainly a huge part of that is the spirit and atmosphere in the spectrum and all the energy and, um, and the enthusiasm that our fan base um, brings. And that's easy to feel. It's easy to see. Even if you watched our game at San Diego State, what a difference, you know, uh, playing on the road was, whereas if we would have been playing them at home um, that night. Um, maybe things would have been a little bit different. Um, and then, I, again, I want to be careful because I know you're one game at a time, but uh, I won't get a chance to chat with you, at least here in this venue, until next week. How much are you? Uh, how much is this team excited to see Boise State again? Yeah, Boise will be a uh, you know another one of those teams that's playing. They've played excellent since our game. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure that I don't know if they've lost since our game. I haven't really looked at it, but um, but but again, they're a very skilled team. Obviously, there's a little bit of history with Coach Durier, you know, and, and, and with that, it's our alumni night. So there's going to be a lot of alums um, coming back, which should be really, really exciting um, for hopefully for them, for our fans, and certainly for all the guys in our program. 
Coach, always a pleasure. Thanks for stopping. Is work done already? I'm yeah. sorry, I was. That sorry. hour goes by uh, real quick, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> I mean, Kern, Kern carried the load, but thank you guys all for coming out. Hopefully, see a packed house on Wednesday night. Utah State and UNLV and Boise State UNLV game coming up on Wednesday. Boise State coming up on Saturday. Get those tickets. Go to utahstateaggies.com. Get your tickets and uh, let's pack that place. Two huge games for Utah State coming up this week. You're listening to Aggie basketball from Learfield IMG College. This has been the Aggie Coaches Show with Coach Craig Smith, brought to you by Ford. Go further. H&R Block. Block has your back. New York Life. Be good at life. And by Old Chicago Pizza and Taproom. Cash Valley's Pizza and Craft Beer Authority. The proceeding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Aggie Sports Network.